You're listening to Privacy Insights, brought to you by Picasso. Hello, good afternoon and welcome. This is a series of 13 podcasts going to be playing out over the next six or seven months. It's brought to you by the board of Picasso. For those of you who don't know, Picasso is a specialist interest group for professionals and organizations across the data spectrum in the fields of privacy, data protection, cybersecurity. And we are delighted to have our first guest speaker on this podcast, Anne Woodley from Microsoft. Anne is a senior security specialist previously at Cisco and other fantastic organizations. And I just wanted to say welcome, Anne, to this first series on what a wonderful, wonderful sunny day it is. But welcome to the podcast series brought to you by Picasso. Thank you, Steve. I'm really, really happy to be here and really excited to talk to you today. Thanks very much. No, great. And as always, we try to keep these to about 15 minutes. They might overrun slightly, but we'll try and keep it short and sweet. We know how busy everybody is. And I myself have been in this industry for nearly 30 years now. And not a day goes by where you're not learning something, where you're not challenged and trying to think and act differently. So I'm really pleased to have met Anne several years ago and fantastic news when she agreed to join our Picasso board. So Anne, we are today talking about AI and the cloud. I think it's a great subject. It's very, very topical. Anne has produced a short piece which will accompany this podcast. So you can read as well as listen to the podcast. And between Anne and I, we've thought about four or five questions that I'd love to ask Anne about her piece and talk to you just really about that. But was there anything about yourself that you can tell the audience who don't know you? Where are you from? Because you have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I have a Canadian accent. So I grew up in Canada, moved to the UK 12 years ago. And we, you know, we moved for the for the jobs, but we stay for the weather because you can't shovel rain. So we really love it here. And I've worked in security for about 15 years. And so every day I help customers navigate the ever-changing threat landscape and, you know, put in solutions to help them with it. And I serve on a couple of boards, Picasso being one. So yeah, that's that's a bit about me. Wonderful. Thank you. And, and I really enjoyed your piece. The first bit, that your opening line, was I'm a big fan of doomsday movies. And I just thought, oh, well, no wonder we get on so well. It really is. Is there a favourite? I know that's not script, but is there There's a favourite of yours? Oh, I, well, yeah, I love Independence Day. You have to love <laughs> everything about that from when the alien shows up, welcome to Earth, and, uh, you know, all the great story around that and humans prevailing. And yeah, that's probably my favourite one. Yeah, you... no, I, I well, to, to me, I, I loved, sorry, this wasn't all this good, 2012, I love that, you know, with the, the I've got the Tibetan yeah. monk on the top of the mountains, you know, and then the waves crashing over, I thought, what an oh, epic, epic sort of Brilliant. end of the world type of thing, and he was serenely standing there accepting his fate, and I just thought, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Back to reality, we're talking about AI cloud, and so... I thought that you had three really good points about how AI and cybersecurity comes together, about harnessing the power of the cloud, enhancing the security 
around that and how we can make allies of AI, which, you know, given given the AI Act that's forthcoming, that's just been gone nearly through the final stages in the EU, we soon will have such regulation coming downstream. So it's going to be an interesting time for us all. Obviously, that's not going to affect us directly here in the UK market, but I'm pretty sure the ICA will have their own interpretation of that. So the first question was really, how does harnessing the power of the cloud and moving away from siloed solutions enable AI to analyze that data more effectively? And also, what are the benefits from you see as Microsoft from adopting a more integrated approach? Sorry, two questions there. Two questions in one. Love it. So a few years ago, there was a big push in security around defense in depth, which in some cases became more like vendor in depth. And there seemed to be little or to no integration between these products. So this made it difficult for security folks to, to find a single source of truth when they needed it most, right, during a breach. It's difficult to find that single source of truth. So imagine this disparate approach at scale in relation to AI. So by aggregating data and signals from devices into as few sources as possible, enables AI to analyze this huge amount of data quickly and accurately and show it in one or as few places as possible. Now, I know that's not easy. I'm not saying that that's easy. <laughs> However, it can make it easier for, for AI to help this. So if you have these multiple different clouds, personnel teams, solutions, yep. et cetera, they are not integrated or connected in some way, you won't be able to analyze all the relevant data in one source. So you won't be able to get the true value of the analytics that AI can possibly provide. So the more integrated we are from a security perspective, the better positioned we are to use AI to its full extent. And I'm a big believer in integration. Definitely the benefits are massive. The more integrated we are, the less time it takes to get the right information, which leads to faster time to detect and perhaps faster time to remediate. Yeah. Now, this does not just mean one vendor, as there are many vendors with fantastic integrations into each other. But having the signals come to one or as few places as possible helps the AI analyze this data. Well, fantastic. Thank you. That was really clear. Yeah, that, that makes complete sense because we do have very siloed, federated approaches to these things. And I, I love what you were saying about the defense in depth because when I was at PwC back there many years ago, that was exactly what we were peddling. But it made sense at the time, but you're right. Yeah. If you buy all the shiny new toys and there are some great ones out there, then you get a bunch of shiny toys. That's Yes, you're still left with the same challenges. Okay, so thank you for that. My next question is more about sort of considering the complexities of AI-powered security solutions. How does one evaluate their effectiveness and reliability? Because... As you quite rightly said, there are multiple tools out there, hundreds, if not thousands of tools. And similarly, sort of second part to this is, are there any considerations that our listeners could consider when assessing potential impact of AI on their organization's risk profile? Which I think, you know, for me, that is definitely what conversations I'm having with CPOs, DPOs, and CISOs alike at the moment is, is that how does this impact our risk standing? But but first part to that question, sorry, because again, that was two questions in one. I've, I've been greedy. 
complexity of AI-powered security solutions. How does one evaluate their effectiveness and reliability? That's the first part of the question. Right? Yeah, that's fine. So we, I'm having those same conversations with customers, and I think guidance is definitely needed. Look, this is all really new, and there is so much noise about AI and security. And look, here I am contributing to the noise right now. <laughs> but companies simply do not know how to start to measure the effectiveness and reliability. But companies, security companies, dare I say, Microsoft being one, mm -hmm. have AI security risk assessments that help companies understand the different technical and administrative controls that go into AI systems mm -hmm. so that companies can take an informed approach to evaluating the effectiveness. So things like ensuring data is classified correctly and only kept for the appropriate amount of time is one way of ensuring the AI-powered security solution is effective because it is only analyzing what it needs to. So that yeah. things like that. Yeah. Okay. And for our listeners, what would you say was the potential impact? I mean, that's a big question of AI on their organization's risk profile because that's got to be what every chief risk officer is asking themselves. You know, they're reading AI this, AI that. You can't even have breakfast without having AI-enabled cereals. So, <laughs> so what? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would solve a lot of problems for the yeah, day. Really. So maybe you get onto Kellogg's, there's, there's food. <laughs> so there, there, there is a couple of things to consider when assessing the impact of AI on, on the risk. And that's things that, you know, I get to speak about every day. So things like data privacy and security, right? Mm -hmm. So again, making sure the data is classified correctly, as well as only kept for the appropriate amount of time and then disposed of correctly. And we're seeing a lot more companies take on projects like this in order to get ready for, for the growing amount of solutions that will use AI. And it's funny, I was a records manager a thousand years ago. <laughs> That's what it was all about back then. Yes. <laughs> so another thing to consider is ethical use. So okay. making sure that you yeah. aren't just typing something into AI and then making it your policy as, as you read it. Because it, of course, might not be in line with your company's culture. And then, of course, the legal implications around that. Obviously, make sure you're aware of the laws that govern your industry and your company so that suggestions that come up on AI are treated with that consideration, right? Because, of course, AI doesn't necessarily know it. Risk assessments, so understand when implementing AI, are there operational, financial, or process implications? And what does that mean to your business, right? Especially around the, the people and the business operations, things like that. It's important to train your employees on how to use these systems in line with the company's rules. The training is very important. Yeah. And then monitoring, adapting, right? So monitoring the effectiveness of the AI and mm -hmm. then adapting your policies and controls around that. So those are those are the key things I think you should think about. That's really helpful. And I hope our listeners were making a note there. I got ethical, classification, legal, and yeah. then risk perspectives from a financial operation process and then training and awareness of communication which is very much into yes. the culture of it and then finally monitoring and reporting and compliance on that so absolutely spot on thank thank you very much for that and so what are your thoughts on ai becoming an ally in the fight against cyber threats and and subsequent privacy breaches so 
I think there's endless possibilities here. Okay, so let's let's come out of the realm of cyber for a moment. I had to go to Glasgow this weekend by myself, and I've never been. So instead of me asking different sources for different perspectives on where to eat, where to stay, what to do, I asked ChatGPT specifically mm-hmm. to find me a nice hotel with a good gym, a few yep. walk suggestions, good restaurants I can eat at, and a nice wine bar. <laughs> sounds like so a perfect he, weekend. <laughs> sounds so it came back with all of these charming suggestions of what to do, where to eat, where to stay. And so it did all of the investigating for me, came back with suggestions that I then applied my own intelligence to and made my own decisions. So look, I, kn- I know this is just a cute example, but it, it does extend to how AI can be an ally in data privacy security breaches because if AI has access to all of the data, it can do the analysis, provide the relevant information, filter out the noise, and enable the humans to do what we do best and to make these informed decisions around what to do next, where to go. Brilliant. And you've kind of answered my next question, which is, <laughs> in what ways do you believe AI can be utilized as an ally in privacy and data protection? What I was thinking here was about privacy preservation techniques more to the point, obviously, you know, things such as the AI algorithm and AI power defense tools so that you can contribute to this, dare I say, defense in depth. So AI, can it be utilized as an ally in privacy and data protection? And just for transparency, (laughs) as you know, (laughs) my company is currently working on such models so so i'm i'm a firm yes but i'd love to hear from your perspective please well, yeah it definitely can be an ally because you're right when we're seeing a lot of customers looking at how they can leverage ai and like data classification and and privacy projects and things like that so we're we are seeing that customers are looking more and more towards ai and how that they can help to automate certain processes in order to utilize AI. So I think, you know, as a, as a former CISO, as a former CPO, I've had the pleasure of both. I just wanted to know if you were in that situation, would you be able to balance the benefit of AI with the risks? You know, because this is the big tricky bit, isn't it? Your example that you just gave there about going to Glasgow is a fantastic example, <laughs> right? But, you know, there could be biased decision making in there. If, for example, you know, white male 50, you know, there might be certain biased in that, that, you know, they could pick up on that on the way that, you know, looking at my browser history, et cetera. They might sort of imply certain things, which for me, it might come up with things that I, I love curry when in actual fact, I prefer a Chinese. So what's your thoughts about those bias decision making or privacy concerns because this is this is at the heart from a privacy perspective uh, wider of the problems of ai how do we eradicate that or, or avoid it in in some way it's i think it's just a matter of a you know it's interesting when you say you know you prefer you like a curry but maybe prefer a chinese i think that that comes down to the heart of where ai stops and human decisions begin because it can make suggestions you make decisions. That's actually a quote from Peloton, if you can believe it. <laughs> I'm just this regime coming into the conversation there. <laughs> but, but it's it, look, I know that's, that this is an industry problem of the biases in artificial intelligence, and that is something that companies like 
Microsoft and the other big players are trying to make sure that, that we're reading out. And, and the only way that we can do that is by continuing to work on it, acknowledge that bias can be an issue, and then, you know, trying to make sure that from the very beginning, we're building these AI models that are not including bias. But that is only something that we continue to monitor and adapt to. Yeah, and put in those guardrails that you alluded to around the outside. And look, we, we've run out of time, as as always, with these oh. wonderful chats. But one last sort of closing thoughts, really, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So we've got a massive influx of innovation in this space. It's so exciting, really exciting. You could get carried away with it, but a little bit of caution is, is always a good thing. But how do you think the security industry landscape would evolve in three to five years, given the enormity and the power of, of AI? Oh, gosh, I think it will evolve faster and more creatively than we've ever experienced. So the rate of innovation is actually accelerated due to the AI innovations. <laughs> but that's sort of right. fueling itself. So we can go exponentially faster, in my opinion, because of the innovations that AI is bringing and then building on for itself. But for sure, people and process transformation will be fascinating. Right now, we're terrified that AI is going to take our jobs, but I think some of the roles that can be automated sure will be replaced by roles, but the roles that AI will create, the yes. ones that we've yet to think of will come and those will be really excited. Imagine if, you know, in a few years time, everyone's doing something that we've never even thought of. Yep. Now, I do also think the risks will increase just as we get better at using AI, so do the bad yep. people. But like I say, the innovation will be amazing in security and beyond in the next three to five years. And I'm just excited for when we can all use AI in our daily lives to automate the mundane, like forecasting. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? I mean, what would us British talk about if we weren't talking about weather forecasts? I mean, France, we could be talking about AI forecasts in the future. Who knows? Why would Listen, I, um, I want to thank on behalf of Picasso uh, and Woodley, Senior Security Specialist from Microsoft for being our guest today on today's podcast. You can read more, simply click on the link or go back to the original article that you may have been reading about to find this podcast. My name's Steve Wright. I'm also a board member of Picasso. I'm signing off and wish you a pleasant day and thank you, Anne, for your time. Thank you very much. <laughs>